Alzheimer's sucks. It's an equal opportunity disease that chips away at everything we hold dear. And to date, there's no cure. So until there is, we continue to fight with the most powerful tool in our arsenal, love. This is Love Conquers Alls, a real and really positive podcast that takes a deep dive into everything Alzheimer's, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And now, here are your hosts, Susie Singer-Carter and me, Don Priest. Hello, I'm Susie Singer-Carter, and this is Love Conquers Alls. And the beautiful Cassie Cruz, who I am going to miss immensely, is on another job right now. And so my production partner, my best friend, my uh, partner in crime is going to pitch hit for this season. And we're lucky. And his name is Don Priest. And I'd like to welcome him to the show. Thank you. It is an honor to be here on the uh, award-winning Love Conquers Alls, named Best Podcast 2020. Amazing. And I hopefully will not drag it down into the dirt. That is my goal. (laughs) Because you know if you do. Oh, I'm doomed. (laughs) (laughs) So so what's going on, Don? How are you? Anything new? Uh, well, no, nothing big. You know, just a change of our future today. You know, just what do you mean. I don't. Oh, know. I don't know. You know, just maybe a just a small leadership change that might change a few things. I did you, did you hear about this? Well, oh, tell. Do tell. Do tell. Oh, um, well, uh, I believe that not to date us or <laughs> anything, but we're going to have a new president uh, as of January twentieth of twenty twenty one, and. Uh, I know not everyone may be happy about that, but we are. We're happy about it. We feel, <laughs> and we're not going to gloat. We're not going to gloat. No, we're just say I'm just happy that um, uh, a change is a happening, yeah. and um, we have another lovely guest today. He's in Canada, which I I love the Canadians. They're funny. They're yeah. real. They have a good looking prime minister, <laughs> <laughs> and they have bacon. I mean, what more do you want? I, not bacon. No? No. They don't have, no? No, I don't want it. I don't No, want you it. don't, no. So today our guest is Rick Lauber, and Rick is an amazing human who, uh, who was a caregiver for both of his parents, and we'll get more into that uh, during the show. He's an author. He, he runs webinars. He, he is just a, uh, a hero in the caregiving community. Like so many heroes. And yet yes. Another one. And I, what I find really, you know, refreshing is that he's of the male persuasion because a lot of caregiving sometimes falls on the, on the females for some reason. And, um, and I love that he's, you know, an advocate and out there and being a man and talking about caregiving and, and it's a good, it's a good model. It's, it's it is good. because, you know, yeah, he, it's, he, you want to show that it is not just on the woman that needs to change. Uh, Rick has uh, has published a couple of books. One is the Caregivers Guide for Canadians, and then the Successful Caregivers Guide. Uh, cannot wait to hear more about those. And but we are really, really curious about why just for Canadians. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I in particular, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. So let's bring him on. I think we should. I'm excited to introduce. Rick Lauber, and here he comes. Hello. There we go. Hey, Rick, nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Nice to be here. Thank you for the welcome. Um, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming. And how, how, how is it in Canada? Say it's nice and chilly and brisk and hitting a pond. It's, uh, it's chilly this morning. Uh, we've got some snowfall. Uh, we're expecting about 10 centimeters, which I think is about three inches of, uh, of snow uh, forecast for today. So it's, it's significant. Nice. Yeah. They have weather, Don. It's called weather. Oh, weather. Yeah. They have I'm weather. sorry. I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah. <laughs> Rick. What a great, what a great role model you are, and what a great human being. And I, I applaud you for all this, you know, energy that you put towards towards this area that we need that is so underserved, which is caregiving. Yeah, yeah, you deserve it. You deserve to be applauded because you know it's it's not easy. Uh, thank you. I'm I'm flattered. It's a it's an important um, issue for me. Uh, 
you know, personally and professionally, it's important to a lot of people out there as well. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to trying to do what I can to help them through a difficult uh, situation. I assume before you became caregivers for your parents and want to hear a little bit more about that. It was something that was it even in your universe uh, before before you were actually kind of placed into the situation? Not at all, Don. Um, and I find that is so much the case with so many people out there. They are not prepared for what might imminently happen. Uh, you know, I I always looked at my parents as the pictures of good health, and and they were, uh, you know, for for many many years. Uh, but that changed. Um, Dad got uh, Alzheimer's disease. Mom got Parkinson's and leukemia. Those were pretty much at the same time wow. so i ended up being a caregiver a co-caregiver giver a co-caregiver for both of my parents um and and what was the evolution i mean at first was there denial was there you know how what at what how did it evolve into was suddenly you're now a caregiver with no knowledge on how to do it what what was that evolution like um I think it, I think it evolved um, quite suddenly. Uh, you know, for us, Mum and Dad had retired from Edmonton, Alberta, to Victoria, British Columbia, which is another province over to our left, our west. Uh, they'd lived out there for a good number of years, and they were quite happy and healthy out there. But Mum had an incident; she ended up having a, a low blood count. Um, and and almost fainted. Uh, she had to get herself to the hospital and uh, left dad at, at home. He was showing the beginning signs of, of memory loss at that time, but there, there was no other choice. So she had to go to the local hospital uh, to get looked after and tested. And, um, you know, it wasn't till she was in the hospital that we actually heard, uh, you know, what had happened uh, from a distance. My younger sister was was called, and and we had to respond very very quickly. Did the Parkinson's uh, proceed, or that that came after? Parkinson's proceeded. Uh, that was probably more of an inconvenience for mm -hmm. mum um, rather than anything else. Uh, you know, she lost some flexibility she lost some strength uh in her arms and, and hands uh wasn't able to shoulder check when she was driving which made me pretty nervous when i was riding with her um you know but uh had some problems with uh, with speaking as well like her voice got very uh you know more quiet uh you know more muffled um but uh but yeah but cognitively the, she was she was intact it, oh yeah ab absolutely yeah, because sometimes she, she, parkinson does affect your cognitive right Ability. I mean, it can. Yeah, no, she was she was still, uh, you know, sharp as a tack, um, you know, and the only thing that was 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 the problem was, like I say, her her physical strength, her right. physical mobility and flexibility. Right. And did you and and caregiving for your dad and your mom at the same time? And <laughs> one was cognitive caregiving and one was physical caregiving, sometimes Correct. crossing over. It's a big difference, right, between those two kinds of, of caregiving. One is one is is emotional in in terms of you know there's you you can't really touch the boo boo and you, you've got <laughs> right and then the other one is is physical and at least your mom could communicate everything to you. I'm curious about if it was difficult or the same or I think with the physical caregiving uh, that was easier because there were things that I could do to help my mother, uh, you know, hold the door open on the car, right. help her in, um, support her while she walked, uh, you know, pull her up from the chair, those type of things. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what we guys like to do is we like to fix problems. We like to be able to do things for other people. Um, with dad, that was not the case. Um, you know, like I ended up, you know, just, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to do with him, essentially. It's, you know, he would, you know, uh, he would start repeating the same questions and stories initially, uh, you know, lose things, uh, you know, forget what day of the week it was, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it, yeah, there's a huge difference between yeah. physical caring and mental caring. As I, 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 that, yeah, that's an important distinction because there are 
books and guidelines on caring for somebody physically, but Alzheimer's is a whole nother thing. And that's right. Really aren't, you know, just like, Hey, when this happens, do this. That doesn't exist. Right. And more than that, it's, it's, we can, we can relate to a physical impairment. We, they can, you know, and, and someone that our loved one can explain to us, they have the wherewithal to explain what is going on with someone with dementia or Alzheimer's we can't put we we try i tried with my mom all the time like i wonder how she's thinking is she thinking is she no does da da you know and you mm-hmm. can't you can't I, ask them <laughs> you can't ask them because you know and and my mom i i tell the story all the time i say my mom and i she was my best friend and i just when it first when she was first diagnosed i was like i got this i'm going to talk her out <laughs> of it we're going to mom i got you i'll take my lead this, this thing is going south. No way. I was just, you know, and then you quickly learn that, you know, powerless over this, right? And so you have to take another approach, which is why it's so important for people like you and people like me that have gone through this, that we can share our experiences and save other people the, the bumps along the way. Right. I think another difference uh, between the physical and the mental caregiving is uh, with the mental, uh, you know, things change on a daily basis, hourly basis yes. even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very hard to adapt, uh, you know, easy enough for somebody with pain to tell you, you know, my leg hurts, my hip hurts, uh, you know, and, and adjust to that. But with, with my dad, I mean, he could be uh, sharp one day, sharp one moment even, and then completely forget the next moment. So it was, it was a tough thing to, uh, to deal with. And you know what else I was just thinking you made me think when you said dad, because I have, I've interviewed quite a few women and men who have been caregivers for their mothers and some for their fathers. But I I wonder, you know, what the difference is when you're dealing with a man who is, you know, cognitively disappearing and, and especially from a certain generation and, and is there gender differences in how you have to approach a father as opposed to a mother and you're dealing with when you're dealing with a father because i my father uh had dementia and and passed and when you see that once you know the guy who was the superman suddenly Mm -hmm. not be the superman anymore yeah that's tough that's that's really hard and to to accept and to you know and to kind of switch roles and it's it's that's difficult yeah, one one thing I remember, uh, you know, my family always used to like to hike when we were young and lo- did a lot of family hikes. And dad was always the one out front. He was always the one going, going, you know, hell bent, pardon my French, up the uh, up the mountain path and, and leading us, uh, you know, and, um, you know, it just, it was very sad to see how he declined from that. And, you know, I can't imagine him tackling you know, a mountain, a mountain path. I can't imagine him leading the group anymore, but that's, that's what I remember him as. And so when, when the time came and when things switched uh, and he became more needy, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a very tough thing to accept. That is, that's gotta be hard. I, yeah. I was going to say, I have questions I like to ask because everyone has a different answer. And it's interesting is like, as a caregiver, what what would you say is was the hardest part of it? What would you say is the most challenging, and what would you say is the most rewarding? Let's start with hardest. Hardest. Uh, there was a lot that was hard. Um, I think remembering Dad. I think the hardest part was was probably losing him twice. Uh, in a way, uh, I lost him once when he forgot who I was, and that was a very very difficult day when he asked me what my name was uh, for the first time. Um, that got easier as he <laughs> he asked me over and over again. Um, but I lost him that time, and then I lost him again when he passed away. Um, I also remember having a lot of difficulty when we moved him into the secured unit uh, where he he spent his his final years. Uh, and I think that was hard for me because I realized that this would be his final stop. There was there was there was no turning back. Right. Yeah, Aww. yeah that is. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Susan. No, I was just going to say, I think I think that that resonates with me as well. 
and I'm mm -hmm. sure with a lot of our listeners, it's it's very difficult to to watch them. I say like walk out the door backwards, you know. And for <laughs> people, some people, it's a very long. My mother's had it; she's still with us, and it's going on 15 years now. And it's it's difficult. It's difficult, and I feel like I've lost her so many times because every stage is another loss. Absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. Every yeah. stage, and I just and I think, oh, the, that's it. It can't get worse than this, and then somehow it does, and then. <laughs> yeah. And that said, what were where what were the most rewarding moments? What where where did you find joy? Where did you find the light? Um. I like the term joy, joys of caregiving. I, I use that. Um, there are a lot of hidden joys, a lot of hidden benefits uh, with caregiving. You know, for me, I, I recall uh, finding immense satisfaction with being able to take care of both my parents to the best of my ability and, uh, and actually know that I was being of help. Um, I became more self-confident. Uh, I, you know, I learned what I could do and what I was capable of doing uh, in a difficult situation. I became more organized. Uh, you know, I became a better writer, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Isn't that awesome? Because I don't think people realize how rewarding it is to to be able to serve other people. And I didn't know that either until I, until I you know, <laughs> dove into it. And it, mm -hmm. it probably is the most rewarding thing you can do is is to be of service to somebody else. And, and it, it 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 takes it does give you self-confidence. It does give you a sense of, of such such fulfillment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I like to I've always liked to be of help to others uh, where and when I can. Um, you know, helping mom and dad was never on my radar, but I'm glad I was able to uh, step forward and, and do what, what I could for them. Like, I don't know if you know, Lisa Gibbons, she's, she's a uh, journalist. Yep. She was a yep. guest on our show. And, um, Lisa said the greatest thing she goes, you know, nobody grows up w dreaming of becoming a caregiver. Oh, I just, when I grow up, I'm going to be my mom's caregiver. <laughs> Yay. She's like, There's no caregiver Barbie, you know, and it's so <laughs> true. And, and, you know, and so we're not really, we're not really uh, accustomed to, to taking that on. It almost, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a problem systemically. It's not part of our culture. It is in yeah. some other cultures that, that the, you know, the, the kids are caring for the grandparents or, you know, they, it's just kind of part of the, in the Latin community. I know yeah. it's very big part of their culture, but it really isn't, it's not taught. It's not, it's not part of our norm. So no. no, and baby boomers, like we, you know, don't want to talk about the, the O word. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sense, Rick, that you're a very empathetic person, which is, it, which is a great quality. But when you're caregiving, sometimes that can be make it a lot more difficult when you when you're feeling everything they're feeling as opposed to somebody. That's why it's easier for somebody who's detached to caregive. They're not, you know, in that world. How did how did that impact the way you dealt with your parents good question very good question um good observation too thank you i think between my sisters and i we worked you know fairly cohesively together as a team uh you know and i think my role was was always the good cop uh you know i was there to help uh and to understand you know if there was you know, if there was something negative that, uh, you know, had to be shared or, you know, I would, I would usually take their side and say, you know, yes, I understand this is a difficult thing for you to accept. Uh, you know, here, you know, here's a way or here are ways that we can, we can help make it better. Uh, you know, so I, I, awesome. I tried, yeah, I tried to be the good cop and, uh, you know, I, that was, that was primarily my role. That's and, awesome because yeah. there's like that kind of teamwork I think is, is so valuable because, and I was actually had that question that I wanted to ask you because you had mentioned in your bio that you, you know, you had two sisters and that they mm. you know, did a teamwork, which is beautiful. And that doesn't often happen in family. 
<laughs> usually <laughs> one. Yeah. 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 Usually one person. One person. And and more than that, it can get contentious. It can get, you know, the opposite of helpful. So I'm I'm first of all, congratulations on having an amazing, amazing siblings. And and I think that's so I, I, I love, I've never heard that of doing good cop, bad cop. That makes so much sense because, <laughs> because no, because it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's genius because I remember trying to, to convince my mom and, her, and my stepfather when, when they needed to have, you know, assisted care. And they were like, we, hell no, get out. Don't even, you know, <laughs> we're fine. Right. Like, you know, where, you know, what year is it? They don't know, but they're fine. And, yeah. um, Nobody else was there to to back me up or to say, you know, that that's an interesting idea. I know she's a little wacky, but let's maybe we should think about, it. you know, like at least play both sides so that you can mm. you have a teamwork. That's that's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah, and I, I mean, back to your point about families working together. I, you know, I, I've heard plenty of stories about uh, you know families breaking apart, knives and backs. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, fortunately, you know. Fortunately, like I said, we we worked together fairly well. We we had regular communication, uh, you know, between us. Um, one thing that worked fairly well is in the beginning, in the early stages, when mom and dad were still in Victoria, uh, you know, we ended up volunteering itself to to be a primary caregiver which meant like one of us would take the role we would drop what we're doing here at, at home go out and be of service to them and do what needed to be done and um you know we each took our turns and when we were each out there uh we ended up reporting back to our siblings on a, on a nightly basis i'm so uh, jealous you know, I'm so <laughs> what, what an amazing family you have. Oh my God. You are, you're the role, you're the poster family. This is exactly how all families should be. We were not the poster family, believe me, but uh, thank you for, uh, thank you for commenting on that. We had, well, we had sounds, our problems. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but it can, it can tear you apart. I mean, it can yeah. literally tear your family apart and it does most of the time. The fact that you did, it didn't tear you apart says so much about your family dynamic and the relationship you have with each other. That's true. Um, thank you. I mean, there are, there are financial issues. There are, there are care issues. Um, you know, nobody likes to be wrong, uh, you know, with, with, um, you know their diagnosis or their prognosis of of what to do. Uh, you know we we want to be right, and uh, you know I think we we want to be right with uh, regards to what our parents want. You know uh, who's the best choice of that? Uh, mm -hmm. Our parents know what they want, and and yeah. basically we should be listening to them and and uh, and going from there. Uh, you know it just you know yeah it uh, it's it's really unfortunate that that families break apart. And at some point, you have to switch roles where you step in and become the parent for your parents. Yep. That's what we do. And that's, 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 that's on us to be able to learn how to accept that and to embrace it. Because when you embrace it, that's when it becomes rewarding. And, you know, and it, 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 too, it can, if you can look at it that way. I remember my mom, when she lived with me for a year, um, and I remember her and it was hard. That was such a hard year. And I remember I was going to a meeting and she was looking over the balcony. I lived in a loft and she was waving goodbye to me. And I and I had a caregiver with us as well. And I had this sense of peace that she was care that she was safe. Mm. And I realized that I just at that moment I became mommy. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I felt good though. It felt it 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 felt good. It was the shift in my thinking and I I need and it was what I needed at the time. Yeah. No, kids, uh, adult kids are not always prepared to become the adults in the relationship, though, uh, you know, tables get turned and, and we're not always ready or prepared, you know, for that role. Um, you know, as, as a kid, I mean, I remember, you know, my, you know, I'm used to listening to mom and dad and, and following their lead and, and all of a sudden things change, things changed in a big way. And, um, you know, I had to, I had to start making, you know, making decisions and, and giving directions. And, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't easy. It's you know, not. Did, they, did they ever live with you at any point or? 
Not directly with us. Uh, you know, when we moved them back from Victoria, um, initially their first stop was uh, an independent seniors apartment mm -hmm. where they had their own apartment. Uh, it was communal living. They had communal dining downstairs. They had a great room where, you know, they, they had activities and, and speakers and, and the games room and that type of thing. Uh, Mum died during that time. We had to move dad again twice. Uh, the first stop for him was more of a advanced care uh, for Alzheimer's, you know, where, you know, more care was available. Then the next stop after that was a, was a secured unit, uh, you know, where he eventually passed away. So, so yeah, um, you know, fortunately I can say they, they did not live, under, we did not live under the same roof at that time. Whole lot of issues. Whole, whole, That's very whole, difficult. Yeah, very yeah difficult. big, big yeah. kettle of fish there. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, so I also read that you say that, you know, caregiving impacts a person in four different ways, physically, emotionally, fiscally, and, and mentally. Um, can you extrapolate on that a little bit? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, physically, let me start with that. Um, easy enough for a caregiver to lose a lot of sleep. Uh, that primarily is uh, you know, uh, stems from increased stress, I believe, uh, you know, caregivers have to be, uh, they're running nonstop and their, their mind is always going as well. So it's, it's tough to shut that down. Uh, so the result is, you know, you can go to bed at 10 o'clock at night or whenever, but you know, you may end up, uh, lying awake for, for hours on end out of worry, or, you know, you're, you're thinking your phone's going to ring in the middle of the night with, uh, with an emergency call. Um, you know, uh, so lack of sleep is one. Poor nutrition is is another big problem for caregivers. Uh, you know, they may be rushing out the door in the morning and and think that a, a you know a stale muffin from from Tim Hortons or the donut at the coffee shop is is a is a breakfast, and it's not. You know, you need that you need that 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 full meal to give you fuel for the day. Um, you know. Uh, you know, caregivers, you know, caregivers need strength, I think, to, uh, to deal with like lifting and transferring, you know, if that ever comes up and we're not always capable of doing that. I mean, you know, that's, that's an art in itself. That's why professionals, you know, uh, are trained in doing that type of thing. And, and for me, I did not have any of that, you know, personal or professional caregiving experience. So I didn't, I didn't know how to properly lift dad or, or, you know, lift him from the bed. I just put out my hand and, and dragged him up. And then that was probably not the right thing to do. So a lot of, a lot of strain potentially on, on my back, on my, on my muscles. Um, so that can lead to injury on, on both parts. Um, you know, uh, emotionally, uh, caregivers, uh, you know, are, are faced with watching a loved one decline. Um, you know, that can be either sudden or that can be very slow. In my case, you know, I watched, you know, I watched dad decline and there was absolutely nothing I could do. Um, you know, I had to just watch from the sidelines, um, you know, no cure for Alzheimer's, not yet. Um, you know, we had him briefly on Aricept, mm -hmm. uh, which is supposed to slow, uh, the, the condition or slow the symptoms, mm -hmm. uh, more so in the early stages. I suspect we got him started on that too late. So we didn't actually see anything, um, you know, any results from that. Uh, but, but yeah, watching, watching a loved one decline without being able to do anything, uh, other than just keep them safe and comfortable and, and, you know, as healthy as possible is, is a difficult thing. Um, mentally, uh, caregivers are affected. Like I said, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly thinking about, uh, you know, how mom or dad is doing, uh, you know, what you have to do the next day, um, you know, what you have to do the next week, what, you know, what your schedule is going to look like. So you're always thinking about uh, what, what to do next. Um, and financially, um, you know, you also, uh, you know, you're, you're affected that way as well. Uh, you know, for me, I was, I was lucky that my employer at the time allowed me to reduce my hours from full-time to part-time. You know, I did that just to, 
allow myself more scheduling flexibility uh, to provide care for mom and dad. Um, you know, a lot of work involved and uh, a lot of hours involved. And, uh, you know, so like I said, fortunately, I was able to do that. But, you know, obviously with reduced working hours, my income was, was affected. And, um, you know, if you know, if you're lucky enough to be able to do that, then go, go ahead. But, you know, the other expense, of course, too, is with the expense of long-term care. Uh, you know, I think a room for an Alzheimer's patient is probably around $4,000, $5,000 a month. A lot of times the family pays On the low that. end, yeah. <laughs> On the low end, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so a lot of expenses. Um, there, there's more hidden expenses, too. Uh, you know, with, with even say additional medication, um, clothing, uh, additional care, uh, sometimes like laundry, maybe extra outings, maybe extra, uh, nail care, hair care, maybe costing extra as well. So there's, there's, there's a lot of costs and they can all add up. Do you find this, this, I, I have, I dabble with this all the time is that I, I worry that I'm going to go down that road myself it's not in our family but i gotta tell you every time i forget a word don donald test to it i'll go that's it i'm losing it that's it okay <laughs> and i'll say well then i already have alzheimer's I can't <laughs> or my daughters will say mom we forget words all the time <laughs> you know so but it is it it is i i would have never thought of it before except now i'm so frightened you know i and i i don't know does that have has that crossed your mind <laughs> it has and i i go through the same thing um you know these days uh for the past uh, number of months we've been dealing with covid covid19 yeah. and that means that i'm stuck at home you know i have less social contact um you know i and uh you know the mind is the mind is starting to slide for me there are times that i forget you know a word or you know, I have to double check my calendar to see what, what I'm doing tomorrow. And, um, you know, it is, it is kind of frightening, you know, that, that I may go down that path, um, as well. Having visited dad, uh, you know, I kind of see what, I, like I've seen what to expect and it, it's not really a pretty sight to be honest with you. No, no, no we need to, we need this needs to be, uh, dealt with. We have to de deal with this, you know, and we're, I think we're getting close um they had something very i just just got a notice from alzheimer's association here yesterday that they they're trying to pass a drug that doesn't just help the symptoms but helps stop the disease to a certain extent and so great news they couldn't pass they haven't passed it the fda wouldn't give approval but they're not stopping they're not going to stop but i mean we're getting close mm -hmm. you know you know, you said something when you were talking about the effects that it has, that the impact on a, on the caregiver it's, uh, himself or herself. Um, and I think a you were talking about not being able to lift him, not being able, you know, those are things that you need to take into consideration. I mean, some people have this guilt. They, you know, if, if I don't, if I'm not doing it, if they're not living with me, I'm not a good son or daughter. And sometimes it's not always the best situation that for the person who is it, it's there are professionals who know how to do it and and sometimes you you let that you know that guilt maybe not get make the best decision for them while trying to make you know yourself feel like I'm 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 a good person so I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to do it all or that you're that's not, not necessarily or the best you're not abandoning yeah. them you know because yeah. sometimes we have this feeling that we're abandoning them but my but my mother said to me at one point you've got to put me in a home you have to live your life <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, family caregivers, they feel an obligation, I think, to to care for their parents. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I felt that. But I also I also recognize the fact that, you know, I don't have a healthcare background. I don't have a legal background. I don't have a banking background, uh, no social work background or anything like that. Um, you know, so I came at this. Uh, you know, not knowing what to expect and not knowing what to do. So a uh, very steep learning curve, you know. So, you know, I realized that, 
mom and dad were probably in better hands, you know, if, if we brought in care, if we got outside care for them, um, you know, and these were the types of individuals that, that knew what to expect with the conditions, uh, knew how to respond, uh, you know, knew how to properly lift and transfer uh, someone without getting hurt and without, you know, without the risk of injury to mom or dad as well. And it's also and they, you, know, to you as the caregiver, it makes it, you realize, okay, uh, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. They're going to assure you, you know, and because they've been through this is, this is, this is, this is, you know, by rote for them, they've already gone through this. They can say to you, that's normal. That's fine. You're doing great. You know, I know I got a lot of, you know, support out of the other caregivers that, you know, just by watching how they treated my mom or treat my mom. Because our emotions get in, involved. Absolutely. And that's not always the best thing. No. And, and, you know, and even then, I mean, these, I saw when, when, when Susie's mother was living with her and then she brought in caregivers to, you know, to assist, to be there. And some, a couple of them, well, at least one of them quit. They couldn't handle it. Couldn't. You know, and it's like, so imagine they are professional caregivers who deal with this all the time and they... <laughs> can't handle it Good. so it's it's it, not an easy it's thing not and, easy it's not for the faint of heart it's not it's not an easy job for anyone it's, it's not a glamorous job uh you know i so commend um and admire professional caregivers for the work they do Hallelujah. Uh, you know yep. ultimately i think uh you know an aging loved one is probably in safer hands with a professional caregiver rather than a family caregiver mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. At, at some point, you have to. I just, I always say that I, I, I walked my mom over the bridge. So I, I you know, I, I, I held her hand and let her, so she, I just needed to help let her know. The transition. That, the yeah. Transition. Mm, yeah. As she was going from, you know, because there is definitely a distinct, at least from many people that I've seen with dementia, there's a distinct time where they, they are fight it and then they, they just give in. At some point, they can't help it, you know, and so that's it, to me, that seems like a, a more peaceful place to be, you know, when they're half in and half out. It's very that's it's, hard. Yeah, yeah really I hard. think it's I think it's hard for the uh, the senior as well with dementia because right. yeah. he or yeah. she will uh, has not lost it completely cognitively and will recognize that he or she is starting to lose it. Um, you know, I remember a time, uh, you know, dad, mom and dad had moved back to Edmonton. So we were living in the same city and, you know, uh, dad had forgotten my mom's birthday, you know, very, very important day. And, you know, he, he realized this, you know, on the, on the day of, or the day before. Uh, and it's like, Oh my God, you know, what do we do? And he was, he was, uh, he was completely upset about it, uh, you know, but, you know, that he could have forgotten such a day. And I mean, we ended up going to a shopping mall and, uh, and picking up a few things and everything was fine. But it was just, um, it was sad that yeah. he, that he, you know, he forgot such an important day. And, you know, like, like I say, I mean, one day you can be good and then the next day you can be completely off. It's fluid. It's very fluid. That's what someone, I, I learned something every day. I went to visit my mom for the first time in eight months because of the pandemic and right. still we are socially distanced with masks, which isn't very ideal for someone with Alzheimer's because with a mask and we're far away, she's like, what? I don't get it. Who are you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But you know, and I, of course, it was very emotional for me. I left there not feeling great and I was, had tears and, and one of the caregivers came up and said, you know, I said, I don't even think she knows who I am. She's it's fluid. This disease is very fluid. Do you have to remember that? And that's, you know, it's true. You do because the next time we zoomed, she was so happy to see me. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, you have to remember that, but it's hard on us, right? It's yeah. hard. Tell us about your books. You, you wrote two books and that's amazing <laughs> because I'm a writer as well. So is Dawn. Okay. And, um, you know, I have not tackled a book yet. I have many, but I'm, I'm a screenwriter and, uh, and uh, for television as well. But writing a book just seems daunting. So well done. And, and, and why? I mean, I assume you wrote them after 
all yes, of this. Of course. <laughs> and what did you do it for yourself? Did you do it for others? A combination? What was the what, what spawned uh, well, spawned you to do this? Right. And we let me first just say let's just so we can introduce yeah. the book. So, yeah. um, the first book you wrote. Care the caregivers guide for Canadians. Caregivers well, guide for Canadians. Yes. And Don and I both have a, a burning question: Why Canadians? So <laughs> What's I, the I, difference? I <laughs> uh, really, you know, there's a lot of similarities and uh, with caregiving, no matter where you are uh, or what you're dealing with. Um, you know, in both books, I talk a lot about uh, the general issues that uh, you know anybody is going to face. Uh, you know dealing with whether it's cancer or Alzheimer's or, or what have you, I had broken hip. Uh, you know, I talk about uh, moving a parent. I talk about uh, caregiving from a distance. I talk about dealing with family dynamics. I deal, I talk about uh, self-care, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with both books, I have included um, a separate chapter of website resources, uh, which, uh, which makes it specific to the country. Uh, you know, Caregiver's Guide for Canadians, I, I deal with the local, the provincial, uh, the national um, resources at different levels. In the States, I, I, I provide different, you know, stateside uh, resources and, and on a national level as well. So that's the primary difference. Ah, that's great though. That's wonderful because we i've i've had we've had guests that have that do that here as well they have websites and they keep aggregating resources and Absolutely. they're all regional and it's and it's you know it's so, so needed because as you, as you know and that's why you wrote the book is that you know we we're so desperate for resource and information when you're first starting this so the more information you can't have enough information and so and or help so that's wonderful. Information is a, is a wonderful thing. So yeah, the, the, the whole idea of, of writing one book, uh, let alone two, was, was definitely not in the cards for me. Uh, you know, I, I began that whole process by writing as a means of coping, uh, you know, when mom and dad were alive. Uh, this gave me an opportunity to to share and vent, uh, you know, privately if I wished. Uh, some of those uh, stories were became published in a local seniors newspaper, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and I found it to be very therapeutic to to release. Um, you know, you know, I continued to write uh, years after mom and dad died. Uh, you know, I had all this you know ammunition basically, uh, and I I kept thinking to myself like, is there something I can do with this? You know, I'm not the only one that's going to go through this, not the only one that's ever going to go through being a caregiver. Uh, you know, how can I help? And, and so the idea of a book, uh, you know, popped into my mind. And, and, you know, so that was a learning process in itself. Um, you know, where I had to find a publisher, uh, contact a publisher, pitch a publisher, uh, negotiate a contract, you know, actually physically write the first book, uh, you know, work with an editor, then all that, uh, you know, and, and the first book led to the second book. And, and uh, it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been a ride. Wow. The second book being this, the successful caregiver's guide. That's correct. Yeah. That's, that's the, that uh that's a that's the sister book for right. american caregivers uh <laughs> that one's available at barnes and noble bookstores or amazon.com uh the the other one is available at amazon.ca or chapters or indigo bookstores wonderful and you know that's that's a great example of what i like to talk about the silver lining of something that that is you know can be a devastating situation then for you as a caregiver, that becomes a, a silver lining because you look what you did, look what you did with that with your experience. And, you know, you, the whole process that you just said about getting a publisher, you know, pitching your project, writing the project, you know, getting, getting it picked up, getting distribution. And yep. then for God's sakes, you wrote another one <laughs> and, and, and look at, I mean, it, that, that's the gift that you got back because you're giving you a give. you're giving a gift not you know to people now and to people who are not even don't even know they're going to be dealing with it yet and, it, and that will chills, always be yeah. there 
that gives yeah. me chills because that's that's the message I want to share with everybody is that there is you not doesn't mean you have to go write a book or anything you know but there are there's all kinds of silver lines you meet people and and you uh you know it, it's a village and you'll find your place in this village and it's really a lo it's a lovely village yeah i mean i've i've continued to write as well i mean i haven't just stopped with the two books i mean i will continue to uh you know write on a freelance basis about caregiving and caregiving issues uh you know i've got uh i've got a bi-monthly column about caregiving in a local paper i you know i i Right for look at blogs. you! Look at you! Look at you! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, you know I try, and it's 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 a means of. Uh, you know, it helps me to write. That's important yeah. uh, because I've still got some lingering luggage that I have to deal with. Um, but it helps me to, to talk about what uh, what I went through, and you know, I hear that it helps others to uh, to hear what I went through and to be able to find somebody to relate to, yeah. you know, how they feel and what they're thinking and what they're what they're going through. Now you've aggregated all this knowledge and shared all of this knowledge. So out of all of that, what's the one thing that you wish you would have known before all of this started? <laughs> uh, there's probably a number of things I can think of. Um, more than one. You could do more than one. <laughs> more than one. Um, well, <laughs> I wish I would have known how much work uh, would be involved with caregiving. Um, you know, turned out it became... A secondary full-time job in fact um you know i i wish i would have uh, known more about the importance of self-care which is something i didn't realize until uh until i got into until doing the job and i realized how important looking after myself was mm -hmm. um I guess I wish I would have uh, started earlier too with the process about, you know, talking with mom and dad about what they wanted, uh, you know, talking with my sisters about our respective roles in the future. Uh, should something happen, you know, I think all of that would have helped tremendously. Yeah. Is, is there, yeah, I know you do webinars also and I've done webinars. Correct. Yeah. Is there one question that you tend to, is there, is there one question that's more prevalent than the others that you find people just don't know, or they really want to know about something that, you know, because they don't know, they don't know what world they're about to j jump into, or they, they may be in it and they don't know something. Is there anything that stands out? Hmm. I think the common question or a question I, I hear a lot no matter where I am or what I'm doing is where can I find help? Um, you know, I'm convinced that there is help out there, uh, you know, at different levels. And um, it's a matter of, you know, finding that help. It's a matter of uh, knowing where to look and, and knowing how to ask uh, and being able to ask as well to be able to, uh, you know, uh, Hmm. Yeah. yeah, being able to being able to ask, being able to release those 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 strings um, to say, uh, you know, yeah, I need help. No, I mean that's that is very. It's so important. That's the whole thing about caregiving is that we we don't know that we don't have to do it and we shouldn't do it all by right. ourselves because you know caregivers caregiving affects caregivers' health far more than, than, you know, often the person that they're caring for. Very much so. And so it becomes, it's, it's a real liability to your own life. And, and none of our parents, I don't think, at least the good parents don't want that for us. And they, you know, and so there, we need to balance. You have to balance and you need to delegate and you need help. You can't do it alone. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't pity the, uh, the, the single children out there who end up having no support system, uh, you know, with other siblings, um, you know, they end up having to do it all themselves primarily. Uh, you know, like I say, if you can, if you can, uh, build a support circle, whether that's siblings, whether that's friends, neighbors, uh, you know, other acquaintances, professionals, organizations, yeah, uh, organizations know, exactly. people like you, like, you know, yeah. go online, Google, 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 and find yep. 
somebody that relates to, you know, because it, like I said, there's, I know there's a lot of men out there that are caregivers, but you know, I think men who haven't been in this situation before don't know that. And they, they might feel very, uh, you know, alone and, and not really, you know, they, they need a, they need a model. They need someone to, you know, show them how it's done as well. So I think it's really, I think you're doing a great service and, and Thank I'm really you. glad you and really excited for your writing that you found this joy in writing, which isn't it awesome? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's being, you know, it's a means to, uh, to share and to, to teach and yeah. to help is, is the way I look at it. Yeah. It's so great. And, and, and all you need is your, your brain and a type and a, a typewriter. <laughs> Back in the old days. Yeah, the old typewriter. Yeah, <laughs> she got gams over there. <laughs> the, the corrector type, the, the yellow yeah. ribbon. That, uh, yeah. A little white. get my liquid paper. There you go. <laughs> yeah, see? All right. Journalism. It's all about it. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I, 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 is there anything we didn't touch that you wanted to talk about, Rick? Anything? I think the, the preparing for caring is 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 a big thing. Uh, you know, people do not want to, you know, discuss difficult subjects like getting older, becoming sick, uh, eventually passing away. Uh, you know, these are difficult subjects, undoubtedly. Uh, you know, but they need to be discussed. And, uh, you know, realistically, we're all going to get old. You know, we're all going down the same path. And, uh, you know, it, it yeah, it helps to, it helps to know, it helps to accept that. It helps to know, um, you know, what you, what you can do and what you will be doing, I guess. Um, with with your particular role um you know uh, i love it i love what you said yeah. preparing prepare to care you need yeah. to prepare, preparing for caring that's a great that's the a next great title of your next book <laughs> thank you i love it i love it everybody needs to be prepared to care to care yes <laughs> i love that yeah. rick so Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I, I'm so, we're so honored to have you. And we just, I, I applaud you for being such a great son and for being a great human and, and, um, and sharing your wisdom with everybody and your heart. Thank you. I, I hope I've done my parents proud. I believe you have. I'm getting I think we can I, we can tell you that's it. And and you out there can also prepare to care by finding Rick's books on Amazon and on where else? On Amazon.ca for Caregivers and Barnes Guide and Noble. Canadians, uh, yeah. Barnes and Noble for the Successful Caregivers Guide. Yeah, so that's Caregivers Guide for Canadians and the Successful Caregivers Guide. Rick Lauber, you've been a, a wonderful forthcoming uh caring guest and that's all we can ask for and um thank you i want to thank i want to thank you again and thank don for coming thank you, for, Susie. Your, for, your, for coming in <laughs> and i want to thank everyone out there who's been supporting us and in now we're in our second season and if you find this a helpful podcast and we hope that you do please subscribe and, and share share <laughs> and what else well, you know, there's something that they say, well, they don't say it, we say it, and that's love is powerful, love is contagious, and love conquers all. It does. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.